Tonight we'll share some rodent stories with you. Tonight we'll free rat myth from rat truth. It's Curiosity Editor Alexandra Solomon, and you're listening to a song about rats. So I can almost hear you thinking, what's that all about? Well, a while back, we got a question from then 12-year-old Justin Carrasco. How many rats are in Chicago and why? Well, we dug around to answer Justin's question, and we also heard from a lot of other people who wanted to talk about rats. So many, in fact, that we put together a live event at the hideout a while back to share what we learned. We had a great crowd, and as you just heard, there was a band playing rat-related music. And some Chicagoans even shared their own rat tales. The rat crawled out. It crawled out right towards me. I don't remember if I was chasing the rat or if the rat was chasing me, but I do remember that both of us were screaming. For whatever reason, the trans community has like a deep, like just love of rats. Don't ask me why, don't ask me how I got my way to loving rats so much. So when we come back, we'll hand the mic to producer Jesse Dukes, who hosted the event. He'll try to answer Justin's question via a trip to what was once described as Chicago's most rat-infested alley. And we'll hear some of those rat encounters. That's next. So please welcome our first storyteller. Oh, it's me. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Justin Carrasco lives in Cicero. He's 13, he wants to design cars one day, and he likes to read. And recently, he read a book about New York City, and in it, he read New York had a problem with rats. So, he wanted to know about his hometown. I mean, Cicero is pretty much Chicago. (laughs) And Justin has definitely seen rats in his neighborhood, particularly in the alleys. And he says he's seen their droppings in the playgrounds and in the parks, which he thinks is kind of gross. So he wanted to know how many rats we have in Chicago and why. Now, when I was assigned this story, I thought, this is going to be fun. I'll get to go out with scientists or pest control people and observe wildlife because as far as I was concerned, rats were just like squirrels or coyotes or migratory birds, fun to observe and with interesting adaptations for urban life. So... Excited to see some fascinating rats in their urban environment, I started my quest to answer Justin's question in Chicago's beautiful, 
picturesque neighborhood, Lincoln Park. Do you smell the musty smell here? That, I do. That's yeah. the rat pheromone. That's the rat feces and the rat urine. Yeah, it's a little bit what I would associate as skunky. Mm-hmm. That was Rebecca Fife, director of research at Landmark Pest Management. And she wanted to meet me in this alley to show me why some places in Chicago have more rats than others. This is the rattiest alley in Lincoln Park. This particular alley is near Halstead in Armitage, and there are at least four restaurants that back into it. Rebecca's company was hired to deal with the rats. We have three clients on this block, and our clients were having a lot of problems with rats. And we traced the epicenter of the infestation to one business in the neighborhood. All right, we're just going to pause it right there. I am tempted to tell you which business it is. But Rebecca made me promise not to rat shame them. Anyway, back to Rebecca's story about finding the locus of the rat infestation. I came and stood right over here, and uh, something kind of horrible happened. It was a a brick area on dirt. The rats had excavated the soil out from beneath the bricks in a huge burrow complex. Okay, so you got this? She sees all of these fist-sized rat burrows under what's basically a side yard with some brick pavers. And what she doesn't realize is the rats have tunneled under the very ground she's standing on. And there's a network of rat burrows under her feet. And I fell in. And basically, I was, you know, knee-deep in a rat burrow at that point. Knee-deep isn't all that bad. Um, And I I think they didn't actually climb on her face, uh, but they could have. They very well could have. Now, some people in this situation would have given that rat-enabling property owner a piece of their mind. But Rebecca kept her cool, and she politely but firmly notified them that they really needed to plug those rat burrows. And after some nagging, they covered it with concrete. And the day that I met her, Rebecca was checking out how the repairs had gone. So what we're doing here is we're determining how much of a continuing threat the state of this property is. So basically, they've done a really good job of remediating this area, but this is not satisfactory. Just a few feet away from that freshly repaired parking pad is a tree with some nice fresh dirt, some shrubs, and some construction debris scattered around. And what's this here? Oh, some kind of hole. A nice burrow right there. And here's another. So you can see all of the fresh rat feces here that is just out in the open. That's probably what we're smelling. Oh, yeah. All these little black pellets. Mm-hmm. Yep, these little black pellets. Shiny. Are yes. And uh, that's a good indicator of their freshness. They're like really large chocolate sprinkles that you would put on uh, Christmas cookies. So what Rebecca is documenting here is what rat experts call harborage. Harborage refers to places rats can hide and dig burrows. And it's one of the two big factors that we humans can control that determine if we will have rats in a particular block. Rebecca will tell this property owner they've gotten off to a good start, but they need to clean up more. And she says this particular property owner 
takes some nagging. Some people just really aren't bothered by the presence of rats. It doesn't bother them enough to motivate them to remedy some of the, the harborage and the conditions that are supporting rats. Or maybe they're just pacifists. You know, live and let live. But homeowners take note. The law is on Rebecca and her client's side. If necessary, she can get the city involved. They can write rat abatement tickets. And if necessary, bill the owner for any of the rat abatement work they do. That was a mouthful. So Rebecca and I inspect the alley documenting other burrows. Harborage and I try counting the rats. They're pretty fearless. In fact, one runs right across my boot. Oh, look, there's oh, a yeah. tail. There's, there's a tail a in that tail. burrow. Yeah. So that's going to be a very large male. Wow. And the rats aren't just looking for food. They actually seem to be socializing with each other quite a bit, like playing tag or rat hide-and-seek. Wow, look at all these rats. Oh, wow. So that's some uh, courtship behavior that we see. So do you see the really big testicles on this rat? This is a dominant male. Uh, I can't, at the angle, I, okay. I'm not able to see his testicles right well, now. Well, maybe he'll turn. Oh, there they are. Oh, wow, yeah, goodness gracious. You can't miss them. So he's the dominant male. Now, when one of the restaurant employees shows up, my instinct was maybe we're on his turf and we should slink away. But Rebecca walks right up to him. Yeah, I'm Rebecca with Landmark Pest Management. It's okay. nice to meet you. Okay, I'm okay. <laughs> Nice to meet you. And she goes into a polite lecture about sanitation. You're out here, you know, doing your work. You're, ste you're stepping on areas where rats went to the bathroom. And I don't know if you know this or not, but the rat urine and the rat feces has uh, bacteria and viruses. And when we walk through them, we can bring them into the kitchen. Then when we clean our kitchens um, by using a broom or something, we can create a dust with that, and it deposits it right on the cutting boards, right on the countertops. And people can get food poisoning. They don't always know it came from the rats. Okay. How many of you here have ever had a 24-hour flu? See a few hands. Okay, there's no such thing as a 24-hour flu. Influenza lasts at least three or four days, but if you have those symptoms, we associate with flu, nausea, diarrhea, fevers for 24 hours, that is consistent with the E. coli and some of the other bacteria found in rat feces. So, if you have a 24-hour flu... It may have been due to some pulverized rat poo in your arugula. And as far as Justin's question about how many rats, well, Rebecca and I counted about 40 burrows that night. Some scientists estimate that for every burrow you see, multiply that by seven rats. So maybe we were in an alley with 300 odd rats. Now, if you multiply that by the number of alleys in Chicago, you get something like seven million rats. But keep in mind, Rebecca says this was the rattiest alley in Lincoln Park, possibly all of Chicago. And their population is constantly fluctuating. Remember that dominant male with the courtship behavior? They do a lot of that. So when it comes to guessing rat population... Well, the real answer is that we have no idea. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try to find out. After my rat safari with Rebecca, I visited the city's Bureau of Rat Control to learn about all the things they do to keep the rat population in line. Their response, the city of Chicago, is entirely based on the 311 calls they get from people complaining about rats. They send out a crew, 
The crew takes a look and makes some suggestions about how to clean up, like, you know, pick up your dog poop. And they put some rat bait out and check back in a few weeks. Chicago is actually more responsive than other cities, but not everybody thinks we're taking the right approach here. It's a valuable program. It certainly helps. I don't think it's scientific enough. This is Dr. Robert Corrigan. He is a legend among pest control specialists and urban rodentologists across the world. Seriously. (laughs) He's based in New York and helps that city manage their populations. And he thinks Chicago isn't alone. Most cities' approach to rats just doesn't cut it. It's not as simple as if there's rats, go out and put bait down their holes and kill them and wait for the next 311 call. You have to analyze population of rats in a neighborhood, and we call those reservoirs. You know, there may be two blocks that are producing thousands of rats that are radiating out to other blocks, and there's a reason for that. It could be someone's trash, like you mentioned. It could be someone's pet waste. It could be a restaurant and their dumpsters, but it also could be sewers. They're living in the sewers, and they're capturing what floats by. I mean, I hate to be graphic, but that's literally... The way it is. In other words, urban environments are complex. Robert Corrigan thinks it would be possible to have a better understanding of where the most rats are and why, but that would require Chicago's rat control strategy to be determined by trained scientists rather than hardworking and well-intentioned bureaucrats. But to precisely answer Justin's question about how many rats are in Chicago, to even get a good estimate is impossible. But, in the meantime, well, I do have a sort of answer for Justin. How many rats in our city by the lake? To give you a number would be a mistake. Some say one rat per person, that number's way off. Cause they're always breeding while we kill them off. There's rats in the planters, rats underground. Rats in the sewers, rats by the pound. Rats in your basement, rats in your tree. How many rats in Chicago? Too many for me. You could count all the rats in a neighborhood block. When you're all finished, the number is off. Cause some have had babies, you know how they make. Some babies have babies and some ate rat babies. Rats to your wires and sleep in your cars Rats in the sunshine, rats in the snow How many rats in Chicago you never could know
Jesse and the Rat Nasties Band. We've got rats just about everywhere in this great city of ours, and people want to talk about their encounters with them. So coming up, Chicagoans share their rat tales. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark. Learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, The Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. Our first storyteller is Randy Palmer, born in Nebraska, the son of a preacher man. Randy is the owner slash editor at the Chicago Post House Optimist, the proud father of two teenage girls, and the grateful husband to a beautiful and loving wife. Please welcome Randy. Evening, all. So back in uh, the early 90s, uh, back when uh, Maxwell Street was Maxwell Street, I was doing a little windowless shopping, and I wasn't looking for anything in particular, but I still found it. I found a chair. I found the chair. It was this beautiful red velvet throne. It was kind of a medieval oddity, this high-backed headrest. And other than me, I couldn't imagine anyone else wanting this thing. <laughs> but I still was determined to buy it, no matter how much it cost, as long as it was under 10 bucks. <laughs> So ten bucks later, I've got the chair in my house. I grab a book, I nestle in, and in between chapters, I notice that my cat will not come into the same room as me. The next day, the cat starts hissing at the chair. Well, the cat had never lied to me before, so I took his advice, went and found a flashlight, chewed on my lip, and crawled under the chair. Inside of the chair, between the burlap and the springs, was two little eyes looking at me and a huge set of teeth. It was a rat. I bought a rat chair. (laughs) And it was now in my house. My only experience with rats up until that point was when I was a kid. I saw the movie Willard, and it it freaked me out. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but spoiler alert, Willard gets eaten by rats. 
And I wasn't going down that way. <laughs> so my first thought was get some gasoline, pour it on the chair, set on fire, just start walking, don't look back. But instead, I walked into the bedroom. I did a thank you nod to the cat. And I got a bat. I walked back out to the chair, gave it a thorough jostling. Nothing. So I took the bat, I tipped the chair back, it fell back onto the floor, and it worked. The rat came out. The rat crawled out. It crawled out right towards me. I don't remember if I was chasing the rat or if the rat was chasing me, but I do remember that both of us were screaming. So after this little pas de deux with the rat, my Louisville slugger sent the little squatter to rat heaven. Oh, don't awe me. It wasn't awe. It was awful. It was a battleground. It was like natural selection, live and in person. It was nasty. But it got worse. At the time, I was having uh, disagreements with my landlord or some other issues, peeling paint, stingy heating, insufficient locks. So I decided to libelously accuse them of causing the rat infestation. (laughs) So I took the dead rat, got a mason jar, put it inside the mason jar, sealed it up, and put it upstairs by his room with a note. But I'd forgotten that section of biology class where they said that all critters emit gas so I took the dead rat and created a rat bomb (laughs) it exploded there was glass everywhere and blood and tissue splattered on the walls so the next month I moved out but I took the rat chair with me Our next uh, storyteller is Annie. Please welcome Annie. Uh, So my story is a little different than the one you've heard thus far. Uh, It starts about two years ago when I moved to the city into Uptown into a co-op. There was one night, late at night, when I'm sitting on the porch with one of my fellow co-op members, and we see a rat that's about to enter into our home. And for whatever reason, in this moment... I realize that what is my being but a co-op of rats? <laughs> hear me out, hear me out. <laughs> There's the rat that's, you know, doing the long-term planning, trying to keep everybody afloat. There's also the rat that works closely with that rat that's, you know, trying to make money and pay their bills. Uh, there's the rat that's just trying to stay in the moment and enjoy themselves and really, you know, be there. There's the rat that's always making chili for the other rats because all the rats get hungry. <laughs> There's the rat that's just very confused about their gender identity and trying to work through that. I don't know really why this happened. I don't know where 
this impulse came from, but really this, uh, this theory that I've developed, I don't know, moving through the world, there's just too many things happening all of the time, and I definitely don't sense all of the rats inside of me are always exactly on the same page with one another. They do the best they can, certainly, and they definitely need the meetings to come together and kind of talk about things, but it's complicated. I will say, I, you know, I, I love the rats. I even got the rat uh, from our poster on my leg. Uh, for whatever reason, the trans community has, like, a deep, like, just love of rats. Don't ask me why. Don't ask me how I got my way to loving rats so much. But I love them. I will say, though, the one time I, I tried to sleep on, uh, like, I found a leather couch in my neighborhood. Not rat-infested. Perfect condition. I brought it onto the porch of this co-op. I was going to sleep on it that night. It was like a perfect September night. Uh, I laid down, and a rat ran up onto the porch, and I immediately said, I'm going inside. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Our third storyteller is Billy Sullivan, originally from Massachusetts. He is an actor, writer, solo performer, and storyteller. Please welcome Billy. Thank you. So I see them a lot, all the time, more than I care to admit. But we're number one in rats, you guys. We're number one. I read the papers. Uh, I guess my, let's call them feelings, uh, for them started back when I was about eight. My father, back in Massachusetts, my dad's an avid boater. I was always the loyal first mate. And it was always the same routine. We take the boat to the boat ramp. We back it up to the ramp. Dad lets the boat go. I hold on to the rope, and Dad parks the trailer. While I stand there waiting for him, that's when I see them. Little tails going over the rocks. And I'm terrified of these little tails going over the rocks. Dad comes back. They're water rats, he says. They're not going to hurt you. (laughs) Fine. Jump ahead a few years. I live here now. 21 years to be exact now. Uh, I'm here now. And I still see them. The tails. This time at the beach. Behind my building when I take the garbage out. On major streets, everywhere, the fear is back. They're frequent, these run-ins, but there's a few that stand out. One time, I'm performing in a theater, and I have to bring a couch into the theater space. And I'm in this back alley of the theater, where the stage door is. A big, long couch, we're moving into the theater space. I'm on the back end, my friend is at the front. When all of a sudden, something goes past my feet. A telltale tail so to speak. What do I do? Oh, the only logical thing. I throw my end of the couch up skyward and run into the theater. What the hell I hear from behind me. I'm like, you didn't see that? I slam the door behind me. The next time I'm walking with my then girlfriend down her street in her Lakeview neighborhood. It's a beautiful early spring night. We're walking hand in hand like couples do. We pass by this apartment building with a nice little patio. We're too busy being a dopey couple that we don't notice that the patio has residents on it. What kind? Oh yeah. We know what kind because one runs past my feet again. So I do the next logical thing. I climb up my girlfriend's back like she's in a skate ladder. <laughs> but I think the, the best one, the end all be all happened not that long ago, about a few years back. I was walking in my neighborhood past this large sort of parking lot. It's got some hedges that come about yay high. And I walk by this thing all the time. But this particular night, there's some rustling in the hedges. 
Not one, not two, but four. A family of rats comes running out. All I can do is just stand there frozen in my tracks. I don't know what to do. Apparently, the one in front senses this, turns his head and looks at me. I back away, cross the street, and bolt to the next block. And I'm standing there, just hands on my knees, panting, can't catch my breath. Now, you can all dismiss it, because everybody all says the same thing. They're more scared of you, you know. I don't buy it. So, if you're ever up in Edgewater, and you see someone standing in front of a car going, Go! Go! Stop by and say hi, because it's probably me. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that visit to the hideout. We want to thank you for listening and for sending us your great questions this year. We look forward to all the new ones we'll get in 2022. Curious City is produced by Joe Dassault and Jason Mark. Maggie Civit is our digital and engagement producer. Our amazing interns are wrapping up their time with Curious City. So thanks to Sofia Lowe and Paloma Moreno-Jimenez for all your great work. We're going to miss you both. I'm Alexandra Solomon. See you next week. Tonight you shared some rodent stories with us. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.